0: Look at First Chronicles 4. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, um, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in hardship. Then Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would indeed bless me and enlarge my territory, that your hand might be with me. Look at that part. That your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that it may not bring me hardship. So God granted what he asked. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We need you. We thank you for your presence we feel here. Lord, I pray that the anointing would break every yoke of bondage in our lives today. That we would lean on you, God, more than we've ever leaned on you in these last days. We just love you, Jesus, and we praise you, and we thank you for all you're going to do. In Christ's name, amen. So you can keep that up. So. All of a sudden, you're in the book of Chronicles. I don't know about you, but I don't usually pick Chronicles to start my uh, morning devotion in because it's like so-and-so beget so-and-so beget so-and-so. This guy was king. Here's his mom's name. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this, it says this lady birthed a son, and she said, I birthed him in hardship. And back in those days, when you gave somebody a name, it meant that he was going to live a life of hardship. And he said, well, what am I going to do about this? And his, he did the only thing that all of us can do. And he made this simple prayer. And it's what exactly what he needed to say, all summed up in one verse. And, and the greatest part to this is God granted what he asked. Amen. We heard a message today. Maybe the supernatural and the spiritual realm is not something you're accustomed to. It's right in the Bible page by page. All that was is God using somebody to give us a message and somebody interpret. And it's right there in the Bible, in the book of Acts. And God was letting us know, I granted you what you asked for Jordan. That's all he was saying. So look at this. He says, first of all, bless me. And bless me indeed. I've grown up hearing preachers say you're not supposed to ask God to bless you. You can put that down, bud. I've, I'm serious. I've heard people say, you don't ask, well, you don't ask God to bless you. And I'm thinking, what? what? What else would you want God to do than bless you? I want him to bless everything I do. And, and I'll tell you some history of this church. And Brother Jim, I was wondering if he was going to be here today, and I'm so glad he is. When we got here at this church, and there were 20-something people at this church, the thing that God led us to do, and he spoke to me, was this prayer. He asked me to ask God to bless this house. We felt his presence today. I pray that we reach out this community like never before, but we begin to pray this prayer. Give us territory, God. Go into Mount Olive where the enemy has strongholds and give us territory and bless us. And if we'll get back that prayer, God will answer it. He'll grant us the simple prayer. But here's the trouble. Here's the part that tricks us all. We want God to bless us and God begins to bless us supernaturally and do things in our lives. You can ask these guys, God opens up jobs that they don't deserve. They're not qualified for, but they're qualified because they've asked God to bless them. God's blessed our families. Won't you say amen? As an outpouring of this church and as the ministry, and he begins to do things and stir us. And here's the problem. We forget that it was his hand that started it. And if we're going to do supernatural things in these last days, we're going to need God's hand to do it again. There's going to have to be a reliability on God. It was God that started it. We can't get to the place where we say, hey, we've got it. We're going to keep ourselves going. We're going to brainstorm. We're going to outreach. We're going to change the church the way it looks. We're going to put strobe lights. We're going to do all this stuff to reach. It's not going to work. It's about God's hand moving in the community. There was also this thing, and I've probably taught it before and said it, but we want to see God's face and we don't seek His hand. That's unscriptural. Should you seek His face? Absolutely. But man, I don't know about you, but I need the hand of God to move in my life. We need God to give us strength again. There's a lot of people in church on pews that have really given up because they say, I can't get rid of this sin. I can't get rid of this attitude. I can't get rid of this unforgiveness. You're right, you can't. But the hand of God in your life can break down every stronghold. And He not only wants to bless us to this point, He wants to continue to bless us and to continue to put His hand in our lives. And it's about the community. The devil is scared to death that this church right here and everybody that's here, and I know a lot of people, this whole section's at the beach and all kind of places. Who cares? But if this, right here, we grab this and say, God, I want you to take territory in Mount Olive again. You don't have to go to the state of Alabama. We got enough people around here that are bound, that need the outpouring of Jesus Christ. But then we say, your hand has to do it. You have to keep us from evil because we can't. Your hand has to make a way when there is no way. And there's a reliability. And that's what we don't like as Americans. We have to be dependent on somebody. We have to get to the place. If you're going to go to the next blessing with God, there has to be a place where we say, man, that will not work unless you make it work. They will not get saved Unless you get them saved. Isn't it funny? We're dependent now on somebody else. We're completely relying. I'm telling you, if you've got lost loved ones, I felt in my office today that you've been praying for, give them to the hand of God. Stop trying to do, just tell God, I want you to put your hand in the situation. I want to see, I feel God in this house. I want to see your hand begin to work. I can't get them saved. I can preach at them. I can put Bible scriptures under them. I can put uh, these, we're anointing prayer cloths under their pillow. Good. That's biblical. I'm down with all that. But at the end of the day, none of that's going to work if God's hand is not moving and preparing their heart and getting them set up in the right situation amen look look i just want to show you a couple of things in scripture about the hand of god listen seek his face we want his face to shine upon us david was clear about it but all of israel understood that it had to be his hand it he said i will uphold you in isaiah with my righteous right hand i love the word righteous in there because he's letting us know even in your failures i got you Even when you don't do it exactly right, it's my righteousness that'll grab you. Amen? Amen. We all quote the fear not, I'm with you, but we forget the part where he says, hey, I'm going to hold you with my righteous right hand. Listen, I'm telling you, when God began to break in this house, I felt fear come on me like, well, the enemy's going to start attacking because he don't like these moves. I'll be honest with you. It hit me. I thought, well, here we go. What's going to happen? You guys have been in ministry forever. And God reminded me, no, I'll put my hand on this place. I'll protect this place. I'll protect every family that'll just ask me. All you got to do is say, God, I want to be blessed at work. I want you to take care. I want you to speak through me at Walmart. Listen, I'm sick and tired of kids overdosing in our area. And it's going to take more than planning and strategy. It's going to take us getting down on our knees and saying, God, I want you to bless us again. God, I want to combat the enemy. I want to go on the offensive. I have a sword of the Spirit and not just a shield only to sit and take links. I want us to advance. But if we're going to reach this community, it is impossible we acknowledge it unless the mighty hand of you that formed the earth moves in this area. And that's what we need again. I'm so sick and tired of reading books by Assembly of God ministers about how to reach millennials. I'll tell you how to reach millennials. Let the living power of Holy Ghost get a hold of their heart. And the same way all of us were reached and the same spirit that set us free from drugs and alcohol and kept us pure in high school is the same Holy Ghost that is alive and well today. You don't need a self-help book. We need the hand of God. That's what's wrong with the assemblies of God. We want to have PhDs now and we've lost the power of prayer. We want to write all these theological garbage is what it's good for about how to reach millennials. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit knows how to reach a millennial the same way he knows how to reach an older person. By his love and his kindness, we sing about it. It never fails us. God's before us, and guess what? He's got us protected behind us, and it's the same spirit. We need the hand of God again. Man. David said, I can run through a troop. I feel like it right now. Bring it on. 2 Chronicles 30, 10 through 12. Just look at this. It says, so the courier ran from city to city in the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and up to Zebulun. But the people laughed at them and mocked them. Just staying with me. I'm picking up in the middle of a story. However, some men from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and journeyed to Jerusalem. And even even in Judah, the hand of God was on them to give them one heart to do the commandments of the king, the officials, by the word of the Lord. And the hand of God brought unity. I want you to hear this. We can say all this stuff about we have to be united. There was a prophecy given out at camp four or five years ago that said, if you guys will stay united, I'll do miraculous things in the midst of you. And I think we started, we wanted the miraculous because it changes lives. And I think we started to try to keep the unity ourselves. The intentions were right, but it's got to be God that brings us together. In Acts 4, they had all things in common. They were doing different things, different trades, but God's hand was right in the middle of them, and they loved tenaciously with God's love. If we're going to, listen, America, we need to wake up. This is not a race thing. This is a devil thing. He's trying to destroy us by dividing us. And I know that there's all kind of prejudice and all kind of things in the hearts of people. And I'll tell you, it was back in the the days of Jerusalem. Peter was rebuked for it. What we have to do is let the hand of God get a hold of our prejudice. We have to let the hand of God understand that there is no black and white. It's about a soul that's washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and changed forever. And so that's all the devil's trying to do is divide America so he can conquer it. We're not going to hang out with this group of people and this group of people's this way and this political party feels this way. Listen, the political parties have already showed you they're bureaucrats, the end. They want money. That's all they're for. Right? We're going to take down Obamacare. And they had it and they didn't do it. You know why? Because they don't care. They're bureaucrats. They're getting their pockets lined with money. They have a different health care than all of us. Don't put your hope in them. You know what will reunite America? This This story I'm reading, Israel was united. Even though some of them laughed and said, this is a ridiculous thing. We can't beat this army. They said, we don't care. God's hand was on them and brought unity. And with unity, all of a sudden, they can conquer. In the church today, if everybody in here will spend just a little time saying, God, I pray you put your hand on us and unite us like never before. Amen. Let us love. When we come down to the altar, his hand will be here, but your heart will be here. You won't just pray for somebody like it's not somebody, just somebody you don't know. All of a sudden, it'll become personal because God's hand has changed us. Amen. And I don't want you to think I'm against principalities and powers set up by the Lord. I believe you should vote by a Christian standard. So understand I'm saying that. But they will not save us. The church getting right will save us. Amen. If the church reaches out in unity to the community, even though that rhymes, we'll actually change something. Hate never, hate never overcomes. You overcome hate with good. You overcome evil with good. That's why when they're busting stones on Stephen, he's saying don't even hold it to their charge because he had the hand of God in his life. Amen? Don't let the devil bait you with social media and read all this stuff. Get, get the Bible in front of your eyes. People have always been morons and they'll always be morons. You know how I know that? Because you've been one before and you'll be one again. And you will want everybody to have compassion on you. It's just part of life. Don't take it personal. Don't get out, well, can you believe what they posted? Yeah, they were probably in a bad spirit. Keep the unity. Pray for them. Amen? That went over about like a lead balloon. Joshua 4. Look at this. One of my favorite stories. It says, And Joshua set up in Gilgal those 12 stones that they took from the Jordan. And let me say this before you go there. So everybody's looking to this new leader. Because they knew the old leader, God did everything and anything. Plagues, parting of Red Seas, all kind of stuff. So they're now looking to this new leader. And they're saying, We're, Let's see what's going to happen here. Because this guy didn't stand with God face to face. Are back to face. This guy doesn't have a rod because you know rods are the only thing that'll work. And that' what happens in church. Four songs. We got to do our four songs because that's the rod that works. So a new leader comes on the scene, and they cross. God lets him know, hey, you see, we think of Jordan River and it's like the Warrior River. It's not that big of a deal because we don't understand, it was like crossing an ocean. It was, And so God said, hey, as soon as the Ark of the Covenant, I'm going to do it a new way. There's not going to be a rod this time. The guys are going to bear the presence of the Lord called the Ark of the Covenant. And as soon as their feet hit the water, I'm going to part it and it's going to be dry. And millions of people are going to go over. And then what we all should take from this... God said, now go get 12 stones and go set them up as a, to remind you that the same God that was with Moses is the same God that's with you now. Some of you need to hear that. Maybe you felt him. Maybe you are, aren't where you're supposed to be. The same God that was with you then is with you now. Go remember his faithfulness. Go remember when you felt alone that he was the one that comforted you and he's still the one that'll do it. So he says, he says go get, look at the 12 stones. Look at 21. He said to the children of Israel, when your children someday ask their parents, what did these stones mean? Then shall you explain to your children, Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground. Not muddy, not soupy, but dry. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan until you crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we crossed over. So that all the people on the earth might know the hand of the Lord that is mighty. And you would fear the Lord your God always. So what dried it up? We preached the story, the hand of God. What did the miraculous? The hand of God. Now, that's a couple of Old Testament stories. I want to give you one last scripture and we'll close. Acts four twenty-seven through 31. So let me set this up. I didn't want to read a whole lot. So all the disciples have been brought in because the lame man was healed. And he was jumping up and down and rejoicing in the temple. And the Pharisees brought him in. And the Pharisees beat him and told him, you can't preach anymore in the name of Jesus or you're going to be put in jail and dead. Now, we always think that these guys are heroes of the faith to a place where they didn't have real feelings. (laughs) These were real men. They knew if they died, they died just like anybody else. Yes, they were with the Lord, but they wouldn't get to see their family. They wouldn't lose out a lot of things. They were men. They were normal men that God made money. So, so this is their prayer when they hear that. It says, Indeed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were assembled together against your holy son, Jesus, whom you have anointed, to do whatever your hand... And your counsel had foreordained to, to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant that your servants may speak your word with great boldness. Keep that up. If there's ever a time for the church to pray that prayer, we have been threatened. This, this media in America is trying its best to silence the church. Whether you like Joel Osteen or not, they did a little test to see if they put out lies on a pastor, how was America gonna act? Yeah, some of you don't like Joel Osteen, you're okay, I don't care whether you like him or don't, but you need to listen to me. The media had a plan, and they smeared this pastor and they put it out there as real news, which back in the day, I'm a journalism major, we're supposed to verify facts. And they wanted to see what the American people would do with it. And we really didn't do much about it. So you know what's going to keep happening? They're going to keep threatening us. They're going to get to a day where we say anything about homosexuality or we say anything about a moral standard. It's going to be considered hate speech. And they're going to lie about us in the news. They're going to put us down just to tear us apart. It's a test. We're there now. This is the time that the the devil and his voice is trying to squelch anything that's godly and anything that's good. Our president can't even go help people without them talking about his hat. I love it. When Katrina hit, they showed a picture of where Obama was. Him and uh, Bill Clinton were playing golf. You know where Trump was? He was taking his own money and feeding the people. It's because Trump actually has prayer in the White House. Like him or don't like him. He actually invited God's people to come pray over him. And it's, it's just an attack. We're under that attack. He says, I think we're there. Lord, give us boldness again. Look at 30. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be performed in the name of your Holy Son, Jesus. And this is where I want to close. At Evangel, I can't preach to any other church. It's time to say, God, stretch forth your hand again. It's You've got to heal. The way that we'll have boldness is when people in wheelchairs begin to get out of the wheelchair. Nobody can deny your healing power. We can't get holy enough to get it. It's got to be you. You've got to come in your righteousness, and you've got to stretch forth your hand in these services. I've been praying that for a week now. The way this sermon came about was Patrick Cherry came up to me Wednesday night, and was talking to me about the hand of God in the scripture, and I, it leaped in my heart. I was like, this is exactly, we're back to that place at Evangel where it's time to go to the next level again. We started with 27, and now we've grown to this. If we would have had this when we first started, I'd have been scared to death. And it's Labor Day, and there's a ton of people missing. But if we can get this now and say, God, it's time to do it again. If you're a Sunday school teacher, it's not Doug's responsibility to grow your class. It's your responsibility to say, God, I need you to move your hand in the class. Ryan was crying to me today in the hallway. He came to help me with my jacket and he said, hey, your sister, the anointing's there. We're ready for service. That's what Sunday school's supposed to look like. It's supposed to act like. We're not supposed to say, well, we only had four or five. No, you go to God. You say, stretch forth your hand in this church, in our Sunday school classes. Give our leadership vision but more than that in the services heal and more than that not just heal physically but heal spiritually heal emotionally God come and do it again stretch your hand out and touch us with your power one more time you know what's going to be carnality in the church the hand of God it's going to get you and he's going to grab you to the point where football doesn't even mean anything to you Because eternity grabs you. well, man, I got to enjoy my game. You let God's hand start working, you might not enjoy anything but him. And all of a sudden, it won't mean. And the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. It's funny to me how many Christians will say they're bored. But every time God tries to call them away from the world, they don't want to leave can't do both i'm telling you you can't do both i've tried it you cannot do both i look i, I just me and bethany have a strong rule about what we watch and saturday morning it's first saturday of football so i have a routine every saturday morning a football season i go to jack's because it's good breakfast i go home bethany's at work quiet house And I watch college game day. And that's my routine. It's been my routine for years. So this Saturday, I went to Jack's, set up my biscuit and gravy, ready to go. They started using profanity. Never done it before. And they started using profanity. And it happened again and again and again and again. 13... Counting kind of 13, some of you are like, oh, I didn't hear anything. You might, you might be desensitized. And I said to myself, now, if we would turn a movie off that has bad language, because we don't let that happen, just because I like football, am I going to allow that in my house? You say, why would you tell this story? Because a lot of us have made that compromise right there. It might not be football. It might be something else. This girl at work told me the other day that she knows I'm a pastor, That I need to watch Game of Thrones. So I did what I always do. I went to Parents God and said, Parent God, Game of Thrones, and saw how many nudity scenes are in there, how many bad language, and I thought, that's where America is. There's nothing wrong. She didn't think anything wrong about telling a pastor to go watch something that has nudity. It never crossed her mind. She was as sincere as she could be. It's a great show. Yeah, I knew. See, y'all were shouting until right here. Because see, when the hand of God comes, it might not be football. It might be where you compromise what you like. I used to laugh. I had a um, youth pastor that I love that would not let his kids go get candy on trick or treat. Because it was devil. But yet he took them to Disney World where they have a homosexual day. never understood that i was 18 years old and I always scratched my head about that one huh so to the pure all things are pure if it's just candy it's candy but you can go to disney world where they celebrate an abomination and that's why the world says the church is crazy it doesn't make any sense they've got all these weird things in the church that don't make any sense i know it's listen to it the amens are gone the omes have begun So I'm saying that to say this. Last year, more than likely, I would have sat there and watched it. But when God began to show me this about his hand, I was like, I would rather have your hand than have that. And listen, I'm telling you, I would have watched it last year. You can ask her. She's given me multiple pep talks because she's a good wife. Football. Football. I would have watched football. I would have kept it going. It's time for his hand to work in our hearts again. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with watching a game and enjoying your team, but I am saying there's something wrong when we get more excited about game day than what's going to happen in here. And what happens in here has to impact out there if it's his hand you got to get him again. you got to ask his hand to start with you. Ask him to bless you again. Ask him to bless your Bible time. It, it amazes me how many people will tell you they're struggling spiritually. And the first question I usually ask him is, how much time do you spend in the Bible? And usually the only Bible that gets in here. Listen. Doing this on a, cell, a smartphone, scrolling that Facebook feed, it's not going to really help you one day. I'm not saying there's any, to the pure, all things are pure. Everything was made to be enjoyed. It's, it's everything's moderation. I'm not trying to preach on one thing. I'm saying if we want to see the hand of God move again, When he tells us, hey, you got to walk this way, don't say, well, I'll try, Lord. Say, no, let your hand and your power come. Give me that supernatural power to live holy on this world. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want you to do something. Go check out YouTube and listen for sermons this week. Just put in sermons 2017 and start scrolling and see how many preachers will take a stand and say something about you have to live holy. You have to be set apart for him to use you. That's all it means. It means to be set apart. It means you can't look like the world, act like the world, do everything the world's doing, and expect to possess this power of God. How do we get holy, though? Where we made the mistake in the Pentecostal church is we begin to hammer members and say, live holy, live holy, live holy. And they're just like the dead bones in Ezekiel's days. They've got a form, but you're commanding them to do something without the breath of God to do it. That's why there were all these weird rules about you can't wear shorts, but the girls can wear dresses that are the same length on their knee. That's insanity. Because all these standards were coming from the generation behind that really had the conviction. I'm not against their conviction. (laughs) I'm saying we started trying to make people live holy instead of letting the breath of God and the hand of God come in their life and set them apart. He'll set you apart. He'll show you what you can watch. David said, I will put no evil thing in front of my eyes. That scripture is still true. You can't listen to just anything. And I'm not just talking about gossip. Your mind will get what you're hearing. It'll take over your heart. And you'll be ineffective. I'm not just believing. I know that we're on the verge of the next level. Just like I felt it when it was me and Brother Jim and my granddad for weeks and months, every night in here, praying this. It's time for us to pray again hey, we're all busy. Jabez didn't seek God like Daniel three times a week. It never says that. Everybody's schedule's different. Sometimes I hear how long I talk to him about how long he prays, and I'm like, Lord, I'll never be a Christian. (laughs) Just going to be honest with you. And then he says to me, son, when I worked on the line crew, I didn't pray like this. I'm retired now. It's a different season. He doesn't need your five hours if you don't have it. He just needs you to acknowledge that if your hand doesn't move, how many co workers are represented in here? Your co workers that really don't go to church and really need Jesus. Yeah. This place would be packed on Labor Day weekend. We'd be talking about where we're going to seat everybody. Brother Roy would be handing out butterscotches and throwing chairs. <laughs> if we got this, we got it like when we grabbed onto. I don't have to pray you're not hurt through your much speaking it's just about God I've asked you to bless me and where you're taking us we can't keep it there and then the last thing he says is keep me from evil that I won't live up to what everybody said I was going to be if you don't keep me from evil I'll fall amen I hope I shared this. I tried to share my heart with you. I probably didn't say everything right. One last scripture. I'm going to preach. Bethany gets onto to me all the time for cutting it short. I'm going to give you my last scripture. Acts 11. It says, now those that were scattered by the persecution that arose over Stephen. Maybe what America needs is Persecution. They had their little comfort, Jerusalem. And they were all in their church, and they were all happy. And this guy named Saul of Tarshish came and consented to the death of Stephen, and they all got scared. And it says, as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to no one except Jews, some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists Preaching the Lord Jesus. And this is my last verse. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. They were in the middle of the Hellenist. The Hellenistic culture. The worship of Helen. They were in the middle. America's in the same place right now. We worship every... I heard a lady at AutoZone yesterday. She's not, I ask, she's not even a believer I, she, she didn't even know I was standing there. She looked at one of the girls working at, she worked at AutoZone, and she looked at this girl and she said, Well, you know, in about an hour, um, around here, it'll be dead because everybody's going to church. And the little girl, I could tell, was confused. And she was like, It's Saturday. And she said, Oh, Sugar, just watch. It'll die because the football will start, and everybody will go to church. She wasn't even a believer, but she could tell something was wrong. In the midst of a culture, in the midst of a place where we put everything before God, His hand can still be right there. His hand can still bring people to the Lord. Actually, the worse that it keeps getting, the greater His power will be demonstrated. I want to show you this happened in days, first Chronicles chapter 4. Thousands of years ago, and in the last church age, and the last church, which was the first church that's going to be the last, we're going to keep going, we're a continuance from the book of Acts, is why it never ends. They had two different times. God made it clear the hand of God was there. People were turning to the Lord from their idols only because the hand of God. That's what we need. So we're going to pray. I've been really, God's been really stirring my heart. We used to leave the doors open from like six to eight on, and, and come up here and just have music playing and you could come and go as you wanted to and just prayed. And I think we need to think about that again. Amen. Because we can sit in these planning meetings and we can come up with all these schemes. And listen, we should have a plan. Don't get me wrong. But that plan should include the hand of God. Doing what we cannot do. Everybody stand.